Hi guys and welcome to episode 3 of the first series of the Dorset Growth Hub podcast. In this episode we are talking to Nikki Webb who is the founder of local digital agency Ethically. Nikki works with sustainable brands and is on a mission to make a difference. She talks about her latest research project looking at consumer expectations, their appetite to live more sustainably post-pandemic and what help they want from brands and businesses to achieve just that. We have launched this series publicly on the back of the great success of our audio conference Beyond 2020. All the episodes will be released over the coming weeks and we really hope our great guests can inspire and motivate you to adapt and pivot in your business. If you're looking for more support for your business, head to our website, dorsetgrowthhub.co.uk, register and our team of business growth consultants offer Dorset businesses 12 hours of fully funded business support through events, tailored one-to-one consultations and financial help. We really appreciate your support for this podcast, so if you enjoy the episodes, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. So let's get into the episode and over to your host, Nick Gregory. Right, so continuing on the topic of sustainability, I'm talking to Nikki Webb today and I wonder, Nikki, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, for sure, Nick. So uh, I'm a digital marketing consultant and I run Ethically, which is uh, the agency I launched this year in response to COVID probably. But our focus is uh, very much to work with uh, brands who've considered sustainability throughout every element of their business. And then what we do is we help them to market themselves and, and achieve success digitally. So we, we talk about sustainability in the three different parts of it, which is the sort of the planet part and the people part and the profit part. So so what you're doing is encouraging all, all those sort of strands of, of sustainability, working with all of them. Yes, yeah, so for certain. So part of my mission is to really help businesses achieve who have considered all those elements. You know, I don't think it should be planet or profits. I think planet and people should come before profits. And I think actually when you achieve a sustainable position from a business point of view, you have the real opportunity to leverage that in a, in a marketing format. So yeah, my concept is that I want to work with businesses who have, have achieved those elements. So looking at, uh, you've done some research around what consumers want in terms of sustainability. Has the, has the whole COVID situation affected consumer demand and their, what they need and what they want? Is, have, are you reflecting that in your in your work? Yeah, so it was really interesting. I don't, I don't know whether you noticed it, but I certainly did that, you know, when we were in full lockdown way back in March, it was the world stopped, you know, we stopped traveling, we stopped moving and the emissions break that, that planet Earth actually saw was was vast. And, you know, the uh, benefit to the nature and the environment that we live in was huge. So I, I kind of, at the same point of launching Ethically, I took it upon myself to actually commission a, a, a specific bit of research that aimed to understand the consumer appetite towards sustainability and whether anyone else had noticed how much the planet had benefited when we were more sustainable and we would reduced our emissions. And you know, quite frankly, the results were, you know, outstandingly convincing that people had, you know, with 89% of people surveyed out of the thousand saying that they could see that the planet had benefited from these lower emissions that we'd um, delivered during lockdown. And so even now, as as money gets tighter and furlough is affecting people and there are more people, 
you know, becoming unemployed and, and living on benefits. Do you think that is, a, I say use the word sustainable, but do people still regard it as an important part of their purchasing power, the sustainability element? I think more and more so. I think uh, the, the you know there's, online shopping was always growing at a rapid rate, but you know uh, this situation has extended it. And uh, brands that are sustainable, the ones that I'm working with, are performing really, really well. Sales are up. Do you know they are in a position where they've got a captive audience who can see the benefit of buying sustainably and ethically. And, and that's certainly a consumer behavior that is changing. Definitely. I agree, though, you know, the next six months are going to be tough. So consumer wallets are going to be pushed. But I would hope that people would try and do their best to keep that element uh, moving forward that we've seen this year. Just on a, on a local element, there's been talk about people buying using less food miles, buying more local produce. Have you seen that happening, that people are buying locally and that people are shopping locally? Is that something that's increased in your in your purview, so to speak? Yeah, so the, the research did delve into that and the local revival, I think I, I've called it in my report, is definitely there. So people are seeing the, the importance of supporting local, both from a sustainable point of view, but also from keeping the uh, local economy going. So yes, I think shops and independent shops have have a good chance of local support. You know, some of the bigger chains, maybe not so much, because actually I think people will see the difference in in maybe paying that few pence more, but actually supporting a business uh, to stay alive and keep the high street going. So with your business head now, and then you're advising business how to deal with this change in consumer demand, what are the things that you're helping people to look at or guiding them towards to to alter their policy around sustainability? So, yeah, so I'm going to put my hands in the air. I'm not a sustainability consultant. There are people out there that do that for a living. But when I created Ethically, I went through a series of steps that took a look at every part of the business to work out how that could then become sustainable. So the sim- one of the simplest things is looking at resourcing sustainable office supplies if you work in an office so considering the the teas the coffees the you know thinking about using recycled ink cartridges spit that one out recycled paper all the basics that you have that are around you thinking about how you can get them to you but from a sustainable source and it's quite a simple thing to do and it you know in reality it doesn't cost you any more but actually what you do do is fuel the very baseline of of uh, your business productivity to be sustainable. I mean, that's just one thing. So the other thing I took upon myself that I was really passionate about was uh, carbon neutrality and being net zero. So for businesses, this can seem like a really scary prospect, high overhead of a, you know an admin to get to that point and understanding it. But having gone through the process myself, and and you know it actually isn't that complex, and the value that you can look to understand your carbon footprint of the business, I think is is really important because then you can understand how you can reduce it. So not only offset, but actually have a plan in place to, you know, produce and, and not use as much carbon to deliver what you do. So one of the benefits that people have talked about is uh, people are staying at home and traveling less and that's having a benefit on the environment. But Anna, who we spoke to yesterday, was saying that Although that can reduce the company's carbon footprint, it has the effect of increasing someone's personal footprint because the office isn't being heated, but then there are maybe 20 or 30 homes where people are working at home and those homes are being heated. Do you do any kind of work around working out whether it is 
economically or ecologically better to be at home or working from home or in an office? Have you done any thoughts on that? So, oh, that's a really tricky one. Sorry. That's all right. Put me on the spot. I haven't done any statistical analysis into it. My logical head says, so another easy step for a homeowner is to look at renewable energy sources. So um, there are multiple suppliers now out there on the marketplace offering 100% renewable electricity and 100% offset gas. So, okay, so yes, if you've got to heat your home, if you do it through the right supplier, your actual footprint is lower than what it would be if it was in the office. So there definitely isn't, I don't think, uh, a Robin Peter to pay Paul situation here. But I think you have to think about these elements that is that the right route to go? And as I say, the supplier I use switched me over, gave me a, a bonus for doing it and reduced my bill. So, you know, actually, if you go out and look for re- renewable energy providers in the UK, there's a good range of really high quality ones to choose from. So going back to so how you would advise. So um, I'm a business and I want to in- improve my sustainability and I'm coming to you. So how would the process work? Would you do an audit? How do you walk through the procedures? Are there some tips to give people that how they can make themselves more sustainable? Yes, I think um, it is starting at the very beginning, looking at what you do, what resources you use. And, and, you know, if you're producing or manufacturing something, it's actually looking down your supply chain for your materials. There are certain accreditations that a business can achieve that's just, Uh, gives it a sustainable position and actually asking your suppliers have they got that or are they thinking about getting that is a great way of looking at that process all the way through to then thinking about how you can do things differently so uh, you know businesses where there's high travel for meetings and face-to-face do you really need that to happen anymore so I think zoom is and uh, you you know everyone's had a bit of zoom fatigue it actually has broken down locational barriers. It actually has said we don't need to go face to face. Most people are more than happy to deliver meetings over over the internet now. And, you know, so I think for big corporates and, and smaller businesses alike, that is a, an immediate question that, you know, can business be delivered over the internet and, and digitally? And I don't think those steps are, are that complicated to start thinking about. Now, there are other things that from your research that businesses, that, that consumers are telling you that they want from a business that they're dealing with. Are there other issues that businesses you now know need to provide for the client? Yeah. So I think um, it was interesting that um, an overwhelming 75% of people agree that they want to live more sustainably. But only 24% of those uh, believe that brands and businesses are helping them to do that. You know, you can't go into a supermarket and buy, go plastic free. You just can't. I try my hardest. I've tried in every way, shape or form. Now, if brands could switch their plastics to be compostable, biodegradable, reusable, recyclable, then consumers are going to believe that they are then buying better. Yeah, it's just not coming through. It's just not filtering through. So the interesting bit that I asked was if brands did make these sustainable changes, particularly in packaging and and things like that, that 87% of them would be more loyal. Now, loyalty is something you can't buy, but actually, if you can earn it through being more sustainable, there is no question that that is a path that businesses should be taking. And the last bit that I asked them was, you know, would you be prepared to pay more? And bearing in mind, this survey was a thousand people spread from 18-year-olds to 75-year-olds, income ranges from below 15,000, all the way up to the, you know, this was a mass market survey that 72% said they would be prepared to pay more. So 
brands that start to make these changes, start to do it better, would benefit from loyalty and a price premium position. I mean, I can't see that as a logical thing, not making sense to any business and at least trying to start a sustainable journey. Are there some, we're not advertising here, but I'll ask you anyway, are there businesses that have managed to develop a a brand that that is perceived as sustainable and, and, and genuinely is sustainable and it's not just a perception? Yes. So I call them naked brands. There are a lot of them coming onto the market now. There are a lot of them answering this consumer demand. You know, I, through Ethically, I've started working with, you know, plastic-free shampoo and conditioner brands. I've started working with brands that enable passive houses and low-energy houses. And these guys can see that there is a need to do this. Um, legislation is going to make us do this, but it's not going to make us do it quick enough. So the consumer pressure is there. And I think um, there are a lot of brands out there that are doing it well. And a lot of brands that are way more established that are not considering it. So then well, there's just two areas, really. So the, the, the customer demand for a sustainable product is growing even though people's incomes are possibly declining or certainly stabilizing. So that's one area that is clear. And that as a business, you really have to look to develop your brand to to push into that market and and provide what people are wanting. That's and so as a business, you've got to how would you do that? Do you do market research? Do you look at your competitors? How would you advise a business to become more sustainable in this way? So I think there, you know, there's the obvious ones around, you know, where you're making products and manufacturing products and, you know, you, you look at the plastics and, and stripping out and supplying yourself sustainably. But actually, I think um, where, you know, part of my mission is, is to think about maybe some of the service based businesses that, you know, haven't even considered sustainability as a, as a competitive advantage. So, you know, accountants could be net zero accountants could you leverage that position and actually attract new business off the back of that. So it's kind of thinking laterally about, you know, every business can achieve sustainable goals and every business can benefit from it, regardless of whether you're B2C or B2B. And in answer to the question as to how do you go about it? So certainly there, as I say, there are easy steps of looking at how you do stuff, but it is a case of going through the journey of your business. And one of the best or what I find the most structured approaches to do it is to consider going B Corp, which is uh, a, a kind of like a certification. And it takes you through a cultural and sustainable approach to your business that translates through every area of your business. Um, and is a very good way of addressing all the issues within the business, but in a very structured and, 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 and formulated approach. So that's that's new to me. Could you explain a bit more about how that would work if I'm a business? How would I how would I do that? So B Corp is um, I don't know if you remember the old ISO nine thousand and one, you know, to get those quality standards yeah. and all those forms and procedures and processes. Well, B Corp isn't essentially that, but from a sustainable and cultural position, and it is a is a growing community of businesses that are recognising you know the value of this as a sustainable position. And it's becoming in the UK a, a kind of you know real glowing beacon as a certification now again i'm not a b corp specialist i do the marketing once you've got that b corp status but there are a whole raft of people they're called b leaders in fact and it's a really growing community of people that want to help businesses achieve that and they are experienced in going through the process and handhold you throughout the journey um, and it's definitely something if you if you haven't got a clue where to start it's a great place to get you on the ball up 
ball rolling, so to speak. Well, that's great because one of the, the episode coming up next in this series is someone from B Corp. So we'll be able to, in the Q&A, take it on further but that's great so completely new to me so that's brilliant in our little business one thing that we have done is use DocuSign which has must have saved an awful lot of paper an awful lot of miles even solicitors it used to be four or five trips and now it can be all done through DocuSign so that that's something that we've done that's uh, that saved some saved some yeah, miles I'm it's sure. really in- really interesting you say that so I was at uh, one of my clients who is on the uh, looking at all the sustainable angles and due to COVID and not having everyone in the office they've actually decommissioned their printers they don't need to print. They've worked out everything can be done digitally and electronically. And, you know, I know that sounds daft considering it's probably been possible for a good 10, 15 years, but a lot of businesses do take quite a while to change. So actually this COVID situation has forced that change to happen. And I just don't think we should go back. You know, I've got a piece of paper in front of me, but I try and avoid it wherever possible to be as digital as I can. So the highlights looking forward then for a business looking to become more sustainable and and supply the customer's needs would there be three sort of tips that you've got three sort of top things to look at yes i think from a sort of once you've got on that journey from a marketing perspective really take a look at your mission vision and values so if you've underpinned your business with sustainable all the sustainable elements then you should look to have a mission that incorporates that from a again sticking with the marketing side actually leverage that from a communications point of view so thinking about your website, your marketing materials and and how you can introduce a sustainable message into your business proposition. Uh, and then lastly is don't be afraid to shout about it. There's a lot of people out there that are hugely interested in businesses that are making that change or on that road to change. So uh, and I know from all the marketing activity that I run, the eco-conscious, net zero, zero waste gang, are they are really advertising responses to brands that put those messages out there. They like seeing brands do this and they do respond. Now that's better than having a brand that doesn't get responses because it's just doing the same old thing. So um, yeah, don't be frowned to shout about it. Well, thank you very much. I think it's been really interesting to get away from the, the numbers and the number crunching to look at the other areas you could look at as a business. That's been brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. And we'll take the whole B Corp thing further in the Diggers discussion. Thank you very much indeed. That's brilliant. Excellent. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick and Nikki. If you want to find out more about Ethically, there will be links in the show notes. And to hear more about sustainability, you can listen to the other three episodes from John, Anna and Sakanya, or skip straight to episode five, the Q&A, where all four guests are answering your questions. If you want to talk more about your business and how we can help you, then head to our website. Thanks for listening. <laughs>